I know what you're thinking. He's late. Yes, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're having some technical difficulties. But hopefully, uh, that's the thing in the past because what we have right now is Dr. Perry Falls wah, wah, doing his uh, glass blowing technique uh, and then like a dancing move. We've got Dr. Perry Falls here. If you don't follow Dr. Perry Falls, what, what's going on with you? Go, go to his channel, click follow, and check him out. There's no reason not to. There's no zero reason not to. And then we have Krista here as always. Krista, good to see you. And Reverend Master stopping in with thought. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I had totally forgotten that I had some things unplugged over here, and I'm like, oh shit. And I was running late and I had to scramble and plug those in and then my phone. And it's just a fucking it's a fucking mess. Dr. Perry falls through his back out. Wait, I threw out my back. He's a potato. We now have Dr. Perry Potato. Dr. Perry falls. And then he's a potato. His back is hurting. He's like a tomato. He's red and inflamed. He's in lots of pain when Dr. Perry falls. Mm. Dr. Perry falls. It's like a kick in the balls. There it is. Done. The song has been sung. Sing the songs of my people. Black Cat's Poppy is here. And Reverend Master's Man, I'm never taking longer than 48 hours resting day ever. Again, 35 pounds kicked my ass again trying to do them today for curls. Hey, you got to find that sweet spot of fasting and then just starving. You don't want to be just fucking starving. Don't be starving. Take care of yourselves. Um, King Dinosaur is here with a salud. Paper cup. Why is it a paper cup? Because I'm trying a potentially dangerous-ish combo. I have some Tongan kava in here, and I decided to pour... A little bit of bourbon in there. I'm hoping that after I drink this, I just completely fucking pass the fuck out because I need it because I'm exhausted. It was an emotionally tiring, whatever, all the above kind of day. So, um, yeah, that's all that. And here's a cheers to all of you out there. That's a rather delightful flavor combo. I'm not going to lie. It's actually pretty fucking good. That's actually pretty fucking good. Um, we have today, and who knows if he's going to grace us with his presence, we have a post, we have a read, we're going to read uh, from our dear friend, Wild Bill Flint. Uh, so we're going to read that post, and then who knows, maybe Mr. Wizard, maybe Retro Games, I don't know. Maybe we'll do a little bit of a longer stream today, depending on how I feel. Um, we did, by the way, earlier today, oh, I should delete that, is it there? Because if it's there, I need to delete it. Uh, earlier today, we did some lunchtime. Uh, sat and watched me eat my sandwich, my lunch. The reason why I did that is because I did get my router replaced today. And much like I assumed, uh, I truly think that it was a broken and fucked up piece of equipment because 
ever since getting that replaced, um, the lunchtime stream, there was none of that cutting out shenanigans or any bullshit going on. So I think that hardware was just kicking the bucket. So now that it's been replaced, we shouldn't get any eruptions. I don't want any eruptions. Gives me stress. I have enough of that. Roadmaster really needs to make sure his protein is high, but he lists his muscles rest for 72, like advised, and it really was counterproductive. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll just tell you, like, obviously, your mileage may vary. You can do whatever you want. Um, typically, I try to work out three times a week. That also always doesn't happen. Uh, I usually do a day of rest in between, maybe just some stretching floor work. And then, yeah, you need to make sure you're getting your protein and water. You need to make sure you're getting lots of fluids in there and not just baloney. Um, yeah, Wild Bill, if you're here, cheers. Who knows if he's here, if he's going to show up. I should probably send him a message and tell him to get his ass in here. I'm going to do it right now. Watch this. Watch this. Yeah, just text him a message. Just said, get your ass in here. That's all I said. Um, so yes, now hopefully, hopefully with the combination of a fixed router and this machine, we can now actually do and watch whatever sort of stuff and not have these things get all fucked up when we go to do different scenes and whatever. Um, but we've got uh, this post here that we're going to read. While Bill needs to work on his uh, styling a little bit, his CSS is a little bit something to uh, be desired. God, how am I even going to fit this on the screen? It's terrible. Uh, let's try. Let's try this. I'm going to see if I can alter his website you want to see me alter his website live i'm going to try it so i'm going to go in here this column so this main column here we're just going to delete it so delete that element and then this column here let's see is it that one or this one it's probably this one we're going to do this. There, fix his website, just like that. That's all it takes. Just fix it myself. Done. Let's, let's further, let's further mess with his shit. Uh, because I feel like this is also a little, let's, let's do this here. We're going to go here and we have that and we want to do, let's change this. Let's do that. There we go. Do some live website editing. I love it. 
Okay, do what I want. Even better. All right, now we are set up to read Wild Bill Flint's uh, article. Um, Arrest certain muscles on alternating days, like today's biceps and triceps, but shoulder and core is tomorrow for alternation. Yeah, I mean, that works. That totally works. Um, you know, I typically do, like, and again, you can obviously do whatever you want. I do circuits. So I don't do dedicated days. I do basically everything on the days I work out. And then on the days I don't, I just completely rest. Um, but, you know, you can uh, obviously do whatever you'd like. Let's do some padding here. Oh, no, we don't want that padding. Let's remove that padding. That padding is bad. We don't want that. Let's see if we can fix his shit here better. We want the padding on this one. Where's the pink one? It's gotta be on this somewhere. It should be, okay, so it's this one. We need to alter this deal here and do a, change this a little bit. That's better. Okay, now we're all set. Now we're all set. Wild Bill is here and says, fucking ads. Okay, 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 here I am. How much you guys want to bet he smoked 100 cigars and drank 16 gallons of fucking whiskey, which is good. I plot all that. I plot all that. So cheers. But let's go ahead and get right into it, shall we? So here's the altered version of uh, Bill's website. Sorry, Bill, I had to make some style changes uh, to your shit. So, you know, deal with it and such. He's probably like, how dare you alter my impeccable style? There, and then we're gonna blow this on up like that. Okay, here we go. Bill says yesterday, today I was in recovery mode. Tomorrow, my liver can kiss my ass. The old ass-kissing liver technique. Blow it up a little further. There you go. Okay, so here we go. 2023, December 12th. Well, I went to discount tire in Gallatin to see if there was an issue with the tire pressure light in the truck. I was met by huh, this fucking kid. I can't name him. It's just too fucking far. And I told him the tire pressure light had been on for a week and could they check it out as I had to drive a couple thousand miles in as many weeks. Is it blinking or solid? It starts blinking and then it goes solid. Well, and it could mean that the sensor is going bad. What year is it? 2013. Those sensors last eight to 10 years. I got a, a, a code reader so I can clear the code. And we'll see if the sensors are bad. The sensors are about $60 each. It was $15 to install them. We kind of rebuild them sometimes. So if you want to, 
It trailed off. Not in the inquisitive, prompting way you'd expect. It's just kind of drooling. <laughs> he proceeded to hold the code reader up to the truck without plugging it in. Fun. And then he went around to each tire, let some air out, and stared at his little Palm Pilot, nodding. Eventually, he said, yeah, Toyota sometimes make us let air out of the tires before the sensors will read. Just kind of sh shrugged. Yeah, if you, if you can drive us over, so we put air back in the tires, and we, then we can check the sensors. Which is, I thought that's what he was doing earlier. He walked around the truck with the put the air in the tires kid bummed him. At one point it comes saying, yeah, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Sing, Sing just tells me what to do. Is King Dinosaur working there? No, King Dinosaur is more like chill and like 90s, I don't care. This is more like fucking idiot. And finally, uh, yeah, you're all set. So, right fright sensors and reading, so replace that and, you know. Thought about it, not at all, and said, no, it's okay. Uh, I think I'm going to go. This kid needs to never be making any decisions or holding any tools. Ever. Went to Publix and got me a sandwich. The other dude making sandwiches argued with me about not toasting a roast beef sandwich. Son, I've been eating roast beef sandwiches for 50 years. Put it this way. I mean, I guess it could taste good. The woman making my sandwich had a truly honorable poker face and a glint in her eye. I wasn't going to come down to Smokey afterwards, but I needed to smoke that evil off of me. Still gobsmacked. Damn good sandwich, though. Uh, if you if you've ever met or talked to Wild Bill Flint, this story is about a hundred times funnier because that guy is speed and energy personified, um, and so having the mental image of him standing there in his black jeans and his black t-shirt. I know, I think he wears Converse. With this kid walking around just holding this thing and then just going, yeah, I don't really know what I'm doing.
God. Yum. How's the bread? Like crunch to the crust. Both of these idiots had near-death experiences and didn't even know it. Out loud with his face mouth. Yeah, this thing just tells me what to do. Like... I mean, I feel like, I feel like, okay, I'm going to replay this interaction. I'm going to, I'm going to act this out. Okay. Ding, ding. Bill comes into the store. Hey, this tire pressure light's been on for a week. And the, can you check it out? Because I got to drive a couple thousand miles in as many weeks. Uh, is it blinking or solid? Uh, starts blinking and then it goes solid. Yeah, I mean, the, the sensor could be going bad. You know, usually they last 8 to 10 years. But even still, uh, let me get this sensor. You know, I don't 100% know exactly what this is. But here, let's just get this. We'll do this real quick and see if I can't figure it out this way. Um, but odds are the sensors are going bad. Uh, you, you'll probably have to replace them. But here, let's, uh, let's just go outside and, and check this. And you go outside and you plug it in. And you walk around. And there you go. Yeah, it does look like uh, probably your front sensor is bad. I mean, we can replace it here if you want. You can just take it to a garage. Okay, done. Done. Bye. Story over. Don't go to a fucking sandwich. And don't let the guy behind the deli collar tell you shit. He held the OBD reader up to the steering wheel. Didn't plug it the fucking thing in. It's not Bluetooth. You're just straight up faking it. <laughs> Would have been cool if he like waved it around and shit a little bit. Uh, it's like it's giving me some signals. I think, maybe. Uh, sometimes like maybe it doesn't work on Toyotas. I like when people have the the what is that that uplilt or whatever to the talk was that vocal fry. They get that vocal fry where they're like making a statement but asking a question at the same time. <laughs> so fucking good. Yeah, fucking ghost hunting. Guy might as well just walked out there with a, a box of a pack of cigarettes and just walked around your truck and just held it up to the air and then said, Yeah, dude, it's uh sunspots? The sun's been pretty bright lately. Maybe it's it could be doing it or something. Maybe like I don't know. Could could be could be the sun. I'm... Podcast folks, let's take a break. We'll be right back. <clears throat> Bill says that tragically hip interrogative tone. Yeah, dude, make a statement, ask a question at the same time. That way, then you can't be wrong. If your statement is wrong, because you can also say that you're asking a question. And then if somebody says, are you asking me? You can say, no, I'm like saying it. It's, I'm saying it? <laughs> yeah, he thinks everything's Bluetooth. I'm going to stop you after two words. So again, Bill, thank you for sharing that. Um, Bill has been back to doing his blog more often. And if you have not... Uh, checked it out. Here it is. I will warn you. The style sheet sucks. <laughs> Bill's like, oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> 
but check it out. It's always good. He had a very long, uh, introspective, kind of crazy one the other day. Um, very good read. Uh, it's a very good read. Maybe we'll do that, um, you know, another day, but uh, a little too heavy for me lately to read on stream, uh, especially since we've had a lot of heavy episodes lately and feel like we need just some goofy whatever shit. Uh, Bill says, working on adding RSS feeds, probably January. Does anybody use those anymore? I feel like nobody even, uh, fucking RSS feed. What are you doing? I imagine there's probably still like gobs people out there who've got news readers and all that shit set up. But like, I'm, I'm often like, this shit just made the RSS feed. Just like, why, like, just fuck your website, dude. Just get the, just give me the feed of the content and just have it just open text uh, thing. Actually, can we just make the whole web like that? Can we just fucking get rid of all the rest of the... Well, I had to do it in React. Single page application and then I used view and node and it's it's got all the modern it's got all the, the the modern styling it only takes about 17 gig to load this page and on some browsers it doesn't work and uh you have to have the latest iphone otherwise you'll run out of memory and it crashes but it's modern though that's what i wish i could do to all those fucking people every single one um yeah so it's it's performing <laughs> it's not performing sure it's not performing dude it, it runs like a pig it eats up about 16,000 fucking computers worth of memory um you know let's take let's take a look let's take a look at this for example okay if we load bill's page it goes pretty quick, you know. He's got some ad shit and whatever in there. He's got some YouTube thing on there that's trying to generate some YouTube link for whatever fucking reason. I don't know what that's all about. But um you know, it's eighty two K whatever transferred, but uh what is that giant ass thing? What the fuck is that? The fuck is that? Got something on here. It's pretty big. Oh, it's not bad. That's not bad. So it's pretty, it's pretty clean. It's pretty clean. It's pretty small. Now let's look so that you know that's 82, whatever K. Now let's look at some page like let's go look at, let's see. Let me just find a website. Uh here we go. Let's look at this. Let's look at this fucking turd. Okay, well this this has this page loading on the front. They have an auto-played video that they load and play for you because everybody loves that. This thing just loaded 47.8 meg. 47 fucking meg. 440 <laughs> This one's not too bad. That's 2.3. But like stuff is just fucking fucking dog shit. It all runs like fucking dog shit. <laughs> Performant isn't a fucking word. Yeah, dude. It's like performance and 
I don't know. I don't know what else you even mash that together with, but it, it's got to be something. You could say it's clean and quick. No, it doesn't. It doesn't sound hip enough. You got to sound more hip. Um, I went to a two-hour uh, job interview today. Uh, so I'm kind of emotionally and otherwise just like fucking exhausted. Um, I think it went relatively well. That was my first in-person interview in 10 fucking years. So as you would imagine, I had some nice, uh, stomach trouble earlier today and I don't know, hope I didn't blow it. Um, walking around and looking at this place and the whole business and everything they have set up in there was dizzying and uh, made me just want to be like, I can't figure anything out. I don't know anything. I'm just going to go. You know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do, if, if you follow Potential Bliss, if you follow Potential Bliss right now, and this is no dig at Potential Bliss because I think he's a great dude, but he streams uh, and lives in a van. He lives in a van. Sometimes I'm like, I mean, I should just do that. Free Range Rude, also known as Ellie, is here and says, Hey, sweetheart. Free Range Rude also streams and is very sweet, a very nice person. Um, I've had some conversations with them. They are wonderful. So if you are looking for yet another great channel to follow, please make sure you follow Free Range Rude. Great person, very nice. Uh, so please show them some Cigar Girl Lounge love and drop them a follow. Drop them a follow. I recommend it. Would recommend out of 10. Is about where we're floating. Um, oh, they're playing Detroit Become Human. More like Detroit Become uh, Stranded on the Side of the Road because of the amount of potholes, damage to the roads ice snow and potential carjacking that's what they should have called it you know what you know they make these gta games right they make the grand theft auto games i would love to see one of those set in detroit they they, they always do la or like new york all these like i want to see one in like a real detroit i fucking dare you game designers do it i dare you i dare you let's see it i'd love to see it um, but yeah, that was exhausting. It was exhausting. I think it was originally supposed to be 30 or something minutes or whatever, but, uh, went on for quite a long time. They gave me a whole tour of the office and everything else. And, uh, yeah, um, I will say, and I will, uh, maybe talk actually, Bill, I would love to share some of these thoughts with you afterwards. Um, some of it's a little more on the technical. I don't, I don't really want to get too much into that. But uh, the guy who was like the lead there, you know, when they get to the part where they're like, well, do you have any questions for us? I uh, I asked him some questions that have, I'll say like kind of opinion-ish aided, uh, you know, answers. And I was just curious to know what the guy, th what the guy thought. And I really, I really liked his answers. And as a matter of fact, I said, I really like you. <laughs> so that made me, that made me at least happy. Uh, if they dragged it out, they probably liked what was happening. Yeah, I mean, 
I could just sit and chat and talk all day, I'd be fucking happy too. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun, right? Um, anything fun? Any of the rest have uh, anything fun that uh, you guys have been up to lately? Um, I imagine that in part of Wild Bill's story, his uh, few thousand miles, he's going to be driving his taco all the way back across and up into New York City. So please drive safe and uh, take care of yourself out there. It's a long drive. Uh, I originally thought maybe about driving home this year, but uh, on the fly. It's a little bit little bit too much. A little bit too much. Um, but yeah, I have um, another interview tomorrow, and that one is going to be extra interesting um mostly because i don't really know if i can talk about it a whole lot i don't know if i can really talk about it a whole lot but basically um yeah i'm not going to talk about it it's going to be interesting though it'll be a little bit of a challenge again i'm a little bit uh nervous and scared and whatever for that uh just you know, a fucking mental train wreck lately. So hopefully that goes all right. So yes, Black Hat, thank you so much for the fingers crossed and the shamrock. Uh, I can use all of those that y'all can send. Uh, certainly need those. But let's uh, continue to talk about the rest of tonight. What do you guys want to do? Do you want to watch some Mr. Wizard and chill? Would you rather see some retro games? We could always potentially do a little bit of both. I think I've got I think I've got space here in my nest of USB hubs uh, to do both. So we could try and do both. Um, if you'd rather do one before the other, whatever. Um, Reverend Master says, I know. We should do a reading to put everyone to sleep. You guys want to hear more of my story? I can read more of my story too. If you guys want to continue with that, I'm happy to do some narration. We already did some narration. We could just continue uh, continue on with that if you'd like. Although, you know, we're like, I want to say like, Dropping viewers fast because suddenly Wild Bill's quiet and King Dinosaur is too. And so is Dr. Perry. But maybe they're just listening. I, I think a lot of people do like to just listen to this show because it's just some uh, conversation in the background. It's like you really need to watch so much. I mean, you're just watching my stupid head talk. Unless we start sharing stuff and like watching shit, which, you know, we do that too. Um, Again, now that we have a better machine, if there's stuff that we want to check out or read, uh, that will certainly go smoother uh, and not just lock this damn thing up uh, like it did in the past. But Free Range Roots is good evening to Black Hat and Krista. We'll plant the flower. Um, or if there's anything else anyone wants to talk about, Silly, goofy, serious, all in between. You know the restrictions, no politics, no religion, no money, no COVID talk. If you'd like to talk about anything else, 
uh, we're here, we're chilling. Uh, started a little bit late, so we're going to continue to go probably a little bit past uh, the end of the hour. Black Eyed Poppy says, I'm clever. Like Stretch Armstrong? Like you're like Bendy? Made of like jelly bone? Like a cat. Like a real cat. Because cats, cats are like made out of liquid. You can just like, like they bend all over and they like flatten themselves out. Like anywhere that they can fit their head through, I swear they can fit their body through. It's cr- fucking crazy. King Dinosaur is still here, by the way. Well, good. Because uh, I like him. Oh, like spread on butter. I have Kerrygold butter. I think we've talked about Kerrygold butter before. I don't care if some people think it's basic. It's the best butter. Kerrygold butter is just fucking amazing. Oh, and by the way, here's uh, somebody can pick, you know, whatever you want uh, to do. But I had my first Instapot oops uh, the other day. So I made the mistake of putting pasta in it. And I should have put the chicken and the vegetables in first. And instead, I had the pasta in there first. And so the pasta just got burned and scorched all to the bottom of the Instapot, which number one, gives you burn warning errors. And then number two, also does not allow enough steam pressure to build up so that the thing never totally pressurizes. So uh, they made a little bit of a fucking mess. Uh, The food... It turned out okay. It's not really great, but I'm like, I'll I'll eat it. It's macaroni noodles and broccoli and chicken spice. I mean, it's it's fine, but not nearly as good as the first few successes that I had. So yeah, I, I kind of fucked that up. Kind of fucked that up a little bit. I think I learned my lesson though. Now I, now I know what not to do. So I won't be making that mistake again. Whoops. Uh, Black Hat says, somebody pick. Bill has never used his. I find that, frankly, shocking. I would have thought that you would have been all over that damn thing. And I know you are a big Susavetti man. I can hear I can hear him grinding his teeth and pulling his hair all the way over here. But they have a they have a sous vide um uh like timer method on the thing. So apparently you can just use that right for uh Susavetti just right in the Instapot. I have not tried that yet, but I would like to. I think it would be cool to try that, especially if I they have like just a vacuum pack steak or whatever they're like at the store and I can just drop it in there and try it. Maybe I'll end up with a liquid steak. Mm. Nah, I telegraphed it. Knew it was coming. Damn it. Damn it. Blew it. Fucking blew it. I'm going to have to go get something and stir this because the kava is settling to the bottom of the cup a little bit like mud muddy um i tell you what 
let's go ahead and do this because I can go stir my kava. And Bill, I don't know if you've seen this or seen me doing this or you're interested in it or whatever, but I think you'll find this uh, relatively entertaining. But what we started doing often on Wednesdays, especially if we want to just chill out and do something happy or fun or funny, we've been going down a little bit of ye olde retro um, hole here and going through, uh, let's see, where were we at? What did we do last time? I know exactly where we stopped. So we can go right here. And here's where we're gonna pick up. So this will be perfect for y'all. So let me move this over here and do that over there. And we are going to explore some old school classic science with Mr. Wizard's World. So let's scale this all over so you can see the maximum video. I'm not gonna lie, soon as this is like the highlight of my week. We're gonna look at that Paul Zaza action. Been on that uh, roller coaster, Justin? Never, never. Well, I have made sweet leather jacket that he's got. Go this solo. will be the only person on the entire car. Oh, okay. And at the same time, I want you to do a scientific experiment. Okay. Which is not for the fun of it. Mm -hmm. And it has to do with that popcorn that I got you. Okay. What's holding the popcorn in the in the, uh, the paper right now? What's the gravity? Gravity, gravity. pulling down. Right. right. Okay. So what should happen? if you would swing the popcorn over your head in a circle? The gravity of the popcorn wouldn't have enough time to to get out of the cup or the paper. So you don't think it's going to fall? No. But you think it's because it doesn't have enough time? Right. Okay. Well, you're right and wrong. Centrifugal force. It won't fall out, but not because it doesn't Seattle have enough time. That's a good Seattle band name. Oh, Centri okay. Centrifugal force. Way. Let me have your popcorn. So those now. guys play When the you start swinging the popcorn like this, it's going to tend to continue in a straight line. Even but you're constantly curving it, aren't you? So oh, all okay. the while, the popcorn is trying to go on that straight line all the time. And if you swing it fast enough, you're going to overcome the force of gravity with a different kind of force called centrifugal force. That's what holds the popcorn in the cup. So try it first by just swinging it over your head. Okay. Looking legit. Hey, it really works. It really works. Okay, now I'd like you to do the same thing no, in the roller coaster. Rotator cuff damage but you won't have to swing life. it over your head because the popcorn, the cup, and you are going to be upside down in the middle of one of those rolls. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, let's see the how kid you do. falls out and he just gets smashed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Is Mr. Wizard on there? Oh, I want to 
see Mr. Wizard on rock. Is he dead? Dude, he's dead. That's a dead body. half of his teeth up. How'd you like your solo ride? Oh, that was scary. Scary? Yeah. Okay, get out so the other people can come in. Okay. Is Mr. Wor <laughs> Mr. Wizard wearing, like, moccasin shoes? Well, Kirsten, tell me, how did the scientific experiment Dude, it looks like go? Oh, it went really well. Imagine Mr. Wizard yeah. playing, like, a 70s hitman right now. The popcorn... Well, he the totally scientific... fit the part. Centrifugal force. Centrifugal force kept the popcorn inside the no, cup. No Only joke. few, few kernels came out. Few kernels. When when did the kernels come out? When I went on that loop. On the loop part. Yeah. yeah it was it really. Was... <laughs> Why do you think it came out then? It came out. Well, I don't think I was going as fast as I was when, when, you, when, when you were swinging this way. Yes. Yeah. How about your stomach? Well, did you feel any centrifugal force on that too? I certainly did. Yeah. Well, it worked out very well. Thank you very much for the scientific experiment. Well, thank you. And then he just leaves him at the park. Alright, well fuck off. Well fuck off. <laughs> you can see this girl's normally invisible breath because of a special technique called the Schlieren method. Dr. Gary Settles of Pennsylvania State University used mirrors, lenses, and filters to give colors to the variations in the density of the air around the girl. Dude, Scientists used the system to study the flow of many kinds of gases and liquids. Dr. Settles is an expert in this kind of study. He built his first Schlieren system for a science fair when he was only 14 years old. Oh God, now I feel even more stupid. When I was 14, I engineered a whole new legacy. Susie, have you ever been on a safari? A safari, you mean like the ones in Africa where you go and see lions and everything? Well, that's what most people think of when they hear the word safari. That there was a lot of orange. Get dressed now in cyan. the and go off into yeah. the jungle. This must animal. be what inspired but Hollywood safari, the to word do the whole means orange a journey. and cyan. And you and I are going movie. on a safari, but we're going to do it in a pond. Oh, I see. <laughs> and I'd suggest that you try it because it's very exciting. Also, but you need some tools some in order water. to do it. So first okay. of all, you get the bottom in the middle in the top of the water, put it in the aquarium, let it sit. And I put a light over there, and you Ooh. can see, if you look through the side, already all kinds of animals swimming around. Yeah, this. especially by the light. They've well, some of them are attracted to the light, and then others would be uh, repelled Ooh. by it. Then what Breakfast. you need to do after you, you can look at, thing, at the things right here in the tank with various kinds of magnifiers. Here's one, for example, that wouldn't magnify too much, and you can see a fairly yeah. decent view. And that's the type that magnifies Did you leave shit times like that so. and you leave that water and shit then, there? You will get creepy When you get a little more uh, expert like at it, you might want one in which you can magnify nasty shit. Uh, three, five, and seven times, or ten times, or up to twenty times. And you, right. this kind, you see, you can add various lenses to it. So you can see really well. Yeah. My favorite, of course, is this one. This is a jeweler's loop. Have you ever seen jewelers using one of these? I don't think so. Yeah, well, dude, watch, uh, it has two lenses gems. on it like this. This one magnifies about five times, and this one, you put it on, it's about 12 times. And here's the way you use it. You see, Mr. Wizard makes all like his money oh, off yeah, of Yeah, I've seen those kinds. Yeah, like this. And then when, you, when you're finished with it, see, you can use like that, and you nice can use both your hands. But the important thing oh, is boy. that it leaves both hands free to, to be able to look at stuff. And it also means like that it holds the magnifier close to your eye, which is where you want to have it, so yeah. you see the biggest field. Then when you found pirate. something that you really want to look at, you can put the auxiliary lens on it, and now it really magnifies. 
So now just after get you one found of those, that there's some wear it all the time. Here, this is kind of big and you can't see way in the middle. So what yeah. you want to do is take a little chunk of this and get it out somehow. And eat it. And there are various tools. Put it on some toast to and just have, have, a, have a snack. A, a baster. baster. <laughs> well, you see, it's a great big syringe. You can put it in there and let go like this and you'll suck up a lot of the animals. Mm -hmm. So I've used that a lot. Suck up a lot of the animals. A smaller version is also helpful. In that, if you want to get a little small animal, get it with this. Then uh, this is also handy for being picking up stuff. Yeah. Then there are a couple of special tools. This one, for example, is a, just a pin with a thing bent on the end like that, so that you can pull the little weeds apart or handle the little animals. Mm -hmm. Then handle uh, the little this animals is one of the most important. What the fuck is even in yeah, there, dude? Because you see, you can push the animals against the side and move them around Crush without em. just uh, damaging them. I see. Then what you want after you catch them like that, then you want to put them in little small containers like this. And even the top is very good because you can put some of the water in here and you can see what you've got. Yeah. And you can study them. And then you're gonna wonder about what they are. And then I'd suggest that here's an inexpensive book, or you can go to the library and get books. And this is all filled with nothing but descriptions of all the little the animals that you find. <laughs> and this is my favorite page. You see some of the animals that are on there? Yeah. I've caught a couple of those, so I'm gonna show them to you, so I want you to take a look at that page. Okay. Now, ordinarily, you'd be looking at them with a magnifier, but I have I mean, a special this would have been fun. thing all rigged like, up. Nowadays, Here, kids are just you see, it's my, my little iPad. version of the, of the aquarium. Used to do oh, like yeah. that little cool tank like that. You can even see some things swimming around. Yeah, there's some, and I captured some of them and put them in here. But now let's you and I look at them together by coming over here, and I'll put them in this Dude, setup right here. What the fuck kind of setup is that? Is it got this is a little microscope stage, you see. It's a movie camera. Well, and the lights are shining, and it's a television camera. I know, over I can hands And the signal goes down over quick. here. And up there oh. is there I can, is I can feel it tickling my brain. Yeah, lots of things. <laughs> so I, have, I really haven't had a eyeball. chance to look at it, so let's you and I ex go on a safari and see what we've got. There's something that looks like a miniature tadpole with a yes, tail. Yes, and that, that is a, those are eggs that are, that are on the end of, of this tail. That There's the edge of the tank. Now let's Norwegian go up to the top and see what we've got up there. Nugget. Well, there's a f uh, few. What is that? I haven't the slightest idea. Uh, That's one of the exciting things about going so on a you always find like something this, new? But you never know what you're going to find. <laughs> That's just like Bra what happens worms. when you go to Africa. Because you've been riding around in the bush and you never know what's going to be around yeah. the corner. Yeah, dude. That's, That's why you go Let me take this out of here. Because I captured some animals ahead of time. And I put them in a special oh, little okay. tank, just like you yeah, would in a safari. You'd capture the animals and put them in a cage. Well, here, here are a supply that yeah, I think you'll be able to recognize these without... Oh, a snail. Yes. A oh, little it's moving, snail. too. So you can you see it's, it's little feelers on top. Yeah, see little feelers? Yeah. I don't know, it looks like it's got all sorts of parasites and shit growing. Walking along on its foot. The snail's pretty cool. It doesn't seem to be moving very slow. Well, that's again because we're magnifying the, the movement as well. It seems to be gliding along? Yes, it sort of glides along on that foot. Neat. And they're fun to watch because they don't move so fast, so you can follow them a little easier. Yeah. Yeah, and like those other things. Well, anyway, you can have a lot of fun with these. Then, do you remember that page in the book that ball. I showed you? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll show you my, my favorites. And here they are. These are sort of the lions of, of the underwater safari. They're big. Kid, like they look big. That's allowed now. Let's go over and there's they see one horses right or oh, they yeah. see Is monkeys. That tail that's tail. tail. Brine shrimp. Let me get them in focus. It's typically dried to a crisp. Hiding along the side. Let me go package. to the other tank. I got some more over here and see. There's one. 
Oh, he's on. He's upside down. What are these called, Gay? These are various nymphs. They're a type of fly that looks something like a dragonfly, but they're smaller, and their wings are, are quite oh, thin and so forth. And they live most of their life underwater. And they hatch. It's jiggling thing. They hatch then and come out and fly around for the one day when they're adults. But the rest of the time, Ooh, they're living underwater in this form. It looks like a grasshopper almost. Sort of, doesn't it? See the big uh -huh. eyes? Yeah, it's on the just, side of their head. Yeah, isn't it amazing that this animal will eventually sprout wings and be flying around in the air? Yeah. So you can spend hours watching these because they're, they're great predators. That's why I call them the lions of the underwater yeah. safari. Because they, they eat other animals, and they have a long jaw that comes out and grabs them. So you'll find yourself sitting there holding <laughs> your breath, waiting for them to, to grab something. Hey, dude, what'd you do? Anyway, you said you've never been on a safari. And now you have what a safari in a pond. Uh, brutally eat a bunch of other animals. Oh, yeah. Cool. Cool, uh, cool story. You see flames leaping into the evening sky as you drive through the grassy rangelands of eastern Oregon. As you oh, get closer, you're relieved to fire. see a crew at the scene of the fire. But they're not putting the fire out. They're helping it burn. What? While this may come as a bit of a surprise, you may see more such fires in the future. This is part of the research of the oh, Agricultural nice Experiment Station at Oregon State University. Scientists there were well aware of the fact that fire has been a part of the landscape in the prairies and forests of North America long See, before the first European settlers came here. Like Fires on the range were started by lightning shit, or like by the Indians. Off of the While it's easy to see that a fire destroys some of the plants, it can be a benefit to some of the others. The fire kills the woody plants and burns off the tops of the grasses. But after a fire, the grasses grow back at a faster rate because the competing plants have been burned off. The end result of the fire is so more grass that's suitable for grazing by livestock over 10 years saw, uh, following no the fire. So the scientists are experimenting with methods for controlling uh, a range fire so that only the area they want to clear uh, so, yeah, actually burns. People, Their careful light, records light the also will tell state, them the best uh, weather conditions for this dangerous please, please kind of work. As they continue to add to their knowledge, an increase in productive rangeland in other areas will no doubt come from this study of controlled range fires. Burning. Controlled range burning. Unlike free range rude, that's Bat. free range forest fire. Bat. The hell is this? Bat. This, is, this kid's now, this, this looks like sort of a computer game, right, Jason? In which you're trying to say something and match a pattern, but it's actually a, a very uh, serious uh, uh, device for uh, helping people that have a sort of diffi uh, have difficulty. For example, uh, say after me, uh, Dilly Goo. What room is that? Dilly Goo. How did you know what to say? Well, I heard you. You heard me. What if you had to say simple words even and you couldn't hear them at all? In other words, you were born deaf. Have you ever heard a deaf person speak? Oh, wow. It's sort of really hard. Well, they have a difficulty because they can't hear themselves, and they can't hear other people, and that's how you and I learn to speak. So some engineers Holy came up with the idea that one of them was deaf, kid. by the way, and he... Have you ever heard a deaf person speak? It's sort of really hard. Well, they have a difficulty. How did you know what to say? Well, I heard you. You heard me. What if you had to oh say simple God. words, even, and you couldn't hear them at all? Sort of In other words, you were born deaf. You have, have you ever heard a deaf person speak? 
they sort of really are... Well, they have a difficulty because they can't hear themselves and they can't hear other people. And that's how you and I learn to speak. Oh so some engineers God. came up with the idea. One of them was deaf, by the way, and he got the idea. What if we made a computer program and put the computer and the monitor all together so that the deaf person could see how they sound? Oh, I get it. So and that's what I'm seeing. That's my what word. you're doing. You're, the, the, the teacher, in effect, put the word on there in the, in that, those are the white dots. That was bat said in a quite understandable way. And you are now trying to match that white as close as you can with the black. So now that you understand what you're doing, I'll hit tab and you go ahead and try. Bat. Now you see the teacher could also look at it and say, well you see, in fact this trace starts out at the left hand side, goes all the way across maybe and then comes back. Maybe just say so the vowel sounds bad. are sort of over on the right uh, and it was the A sound that you didn't quite get, although it's not it bad. Try it once more. You talk terrible. Bat. Now notice, oh, by the way, down below good. is the score, and it says very good, bad. and 71%. What does so that what the mean? Well, the scientists have, have plotted it so that they can get the original trace and find out every point on which what you said matches that original trace, and made a calculation, and said mm. that you were 71% correct. So the deaf person could try to get 75, 78, 80, deaf and get closer and closer and closer, and that way finally learn how yeah, to speak how more that? properly. Talk okay, now hit return. Okay. That's how you sound, stupid kid. And now Although P I like for that G for gobble. That's classic. Gobble. Gobble. Go ahead. Sounds like a G. Pac-Man game or something. Yeah. Well, that's, that this is the way this like sort of works also. 80s, now see, uh, take, choose a word. Money. Money. Okay. Tip number four. Now this time, Weird. as you talk, you see what's happening at the bottom of the screen as that? I'm talking? Well, this time, as the closer you get, the more nearly you're going to erase that. So it's like Pac-Man. You're going to gobble it up as you go. So wait a minute, let me hit, start over, and you say money and see how close you can come to that. Money. Why are you giving good work? You didn't erase almost any of it. The time-lapse camera captures the rapid growth of the Amanita family of deadly mushrooms. It's a good idea never to eat any wild mushrooms. Eat only those you buy at the supermarket, hey, and you won't be in any danger from the deadliest or any other mushroom. Could be dead snake and mushroom, some weird looking plant, moldy old bag. Eugene, you're pretty good with your muscles. At least you're a good break dancer and pretty good in athletics. Well, here's a sort of nice trick to play on your muscles. Stand back in the doorway, then push upward like that on each side with your arms as hard as you can. Okay. Just keep pushing. Don't stop. Now, that brain of yours is sending a message down here the to these muscles on this side to push, pull, right? right? They're pulling as hard as they can. Yeah, that feels pretty hard. The muscles on this side are not because you're not pushing yeah, in that direction. Okay. So as you continue to legit. constantly send these messages to, their, to your muscles, they're going to continue to push. And you should really do that for a whole minute if you could. But let's shorten it up. Let's maybe do it, do it, do it for now. Uh, I'll do it for an step hour. Forward. Not yet. I'll take just up keep your whole show. I want you to step forward out to about Stupid here. And then just let your hands hang. Don't do anything with them. Okay. Okay, you ready? Take a step. What's happening to my hands? <laughs> what does it feel like? <laughs> What's happening like to me? Like they're going up without yeah. you doing anything about it? Yeah. So try that on your dad. Have, have him stand in the doorway and push as hard as he can for a full minute. And what happens really is your muscles have been getting that message so long and they're so accustomed to pulling up that they'll continue to go up like that even when you don't try to do it. Hmm. It's clearly the poison mushrooms that they could eat.
two bottles are suspended from a pulley. Both are filled to the same height with liquids. The bottle on the left is filled with water. The one on the right is partly filled with water plus a red liquid. Both bottles are resting on a lab jack. When the lab jack is cranked to lower the platform, will the bottle with the red liquid go up, down, or stay at the same level as the bottle full of water on the left? A clue. Note that the red liquid is floating on top of the water. Okay, here goes. So the red one's going to go up. Because the red liquid is floating on top of the water, it must be lighter than water. So that bottle doesn't weigh as much as the bottle full of water on the left. Because it's heavier, it lifts the red bottle up. Left Scott, have you fooled around at all with electricity? Oh, yeah, at home. Look, oh, this kid also has a fucking sweater. So you know about conductors and non-conductors? Yep. Well, I have a simple testing setup here. The other one better. Just check you out. See, if you put those two things together, current from a battery back here runs through and lights the light bulb. Yeah. So I'm going to give you some everyday materials yeah, and see if you can identify head. whether they're conductors or non-conductors. First, an easy one, copper wire. Oh, uh, it's a conductor. Okay, check it out. Check it out. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. It's conductor. Now, how about the red stuff around the outside? No, because it's an ins insulator. All right, so touch that. No nope. light. No. Nope. Okay. No, how about uh, a plastic spoon? Nope. Um, I don't think so. No. No. An aluminum rod. Yep, probably. Nope. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then um, a glass rod. No, I don't think so. Because you know glass is used as an insulator, right? Yeah. How no, about a fork? Metal fork. Yeah, I think it'll work. Okay. Yeah, do you remember we cooked a hot yep. dog with it? So far, all of the things that were conductors were what? You know metal. What? Yeah, we're all metal, and the uh, non-conductors were non-metal. So what do you suspect about a pencil? No, it's wood, wood, so I don't think okay. so. Well, no, it didn't work. No. Now turn the pencil over, though. See what I did? I sort of cut it in half so that we could get at the lead. Okay. And I'll put one end down here like that, and you touch the other along on the lead now. Yeah, just kind Not of very dim. Bright, yeah, just dim. Now touch it about down here. That's like a real lead pencil. It's brighter. Yeah. yeah. It also poison. makes a difference how hard you push. Oh, in order to try it. Just touch it very lightly. It's actual lead. And then push harder. See how it gets oh, brighter? Yeah. Depends on what kind of a contact you make. Yeah. In other words, there's a whole group of materials that uh, do not conduct electricity when there's a lot of it in between, yeah. but there's less and less and less, then it becomes a better and better conductor, and they're called resistors. Have you heard of resistors? Well, I've heard my mom and dad talk about it, but that's about it. I wonder if they were talking about electrical resistors or political resistors. I don't know. Anyway, they what were talking about... They were talking about their marriage. resist how, something how, called resistors. You're a resistor this, course, resist to the the, them fulfilling their so dreams. What do you think about that, kid? Too. Okay. How about this one? Even know what Jesus. it is? It looks like some kind of heater or something. Yes, like that. you, like a you screw this device. into a special sort of socket, yeah, turn on the current, and this gets hot and gives off heat. So what do you suspect it will be? A conductor or a non-conductor? Uh, kind of a medium conductor. <laughs> kind of medium, all right. First of all, start up here near the top. Okay. So you have just a little bit of the wire there. Yeah, it's yeah, okay. Now, now go down. You have to sort of scrape it because I think there's some oxidation sort of on the... Yeah, it's well, getting a little dimmer now. Yeah, d dimmer and dimmer. Yeah. Boy. Janky Play dim now. Yeah. Crap. 
If you go way yeah, down to the bottom, I don't think you'll get any current yeah, go through at all. Just a little bit Just yeah. a little tiny bit. Yeah. Now, if we had more voltage, we could force some more current through there. Yeah. So, that, yeah. so that how well the resistor works depends on. Let's run on this out to the 220 I have in the garage. How about this one? Now, this one's tricky, so look out. Here is a coil of wire, copper wire. Yeah. But it's very thin. I'll connect one end. You get ready to connect the other. You get ready to get zapped. See it over there? Now, don't connect it yet. Okay. You don't, don't, don't do it. I want it. you to tell me whether you think it's going to be a conductor or not a conductor. Yeah, it's probably going to be a conductor because okay. it's made of the same stuff right. as wire. Hmm. Hmm. Just a little, just a little bit. bit. Just the tiniest little, little bit? Yeah, just a little bit. A little tiny bit. In other words, I put so much wire on here and it's so thin, has so much resistance that the current can't get through with this. Oh. Now we're going to make it into a superconductor. Okay. And we're going to do that by putting it into liquid nitrogen. Have you ever played with liquid nitrogen? No. Probably not. Oh, okay, you need safety glasses. Okay. And I'll Don't bring it up. Don't stick your hand in this, kid. The kid picks up the jar and just pours it all over his face. Just I have it inside a can with off. all kinds of insulation around it because oh, it's very paint. cold. About 300 degrees below zero Celsius. It's bubbling Ooh. in there. Yes, that's because it's boiling from the heat in the room. Okay, now what I'd like you to do, take the coil, and here's a nice long tongs that you can grab the coil from the top like this, okay? And now, Knocks we'll connect it, it up, table, it spills get it all set legs. ahead of time. Okay, okay here's, here's the light bulb, but just the slightest little current. In fact, I don't see any at all. No. Okay, now dip the coil into the liquid nitrogen. Ooh, it's bubbling. Yes, because you're actually boiling it. This hand is dangerously close to that. It really boils, oh. isn't it? Look what's happening to the light bulb. It's getting brighter and brighter. It sure is. By the way, don't worry about that stuff that uh, fell on the table and on the floor because it'll evaporate and just join the nitrogen in the room. Oh. <laughs> but you can see why I wanted you to have safety glasses on. Yeah. See how nice and bright the light is? Yeah. Now, scientists use this idea of making something into a superconductor to do all kinds of very exotic experiments having to do with the very basic properties of matter. Uh. And they use liquid nitrogen and other kinds of liquid uh, gases to get that super cold so they can make things into superconductors. Scientists fool around with more shit. Leave the fuck alone. Didn't you watch, didn't you watch any science fiction movies in the 50s? So you end up with giant spiders and men with brains gone. We didn't really get a full Paul Zaza at the end of that. It's kind of disappointing. Whoa. Dim scientists. Um... You guys want to do anything else, or are we getting sleepy? Oh, we could do some narration. You want to do a little bit of story time, and then uh, and then call it a night. Uh, we could do that. The Aussies do those joint spoiders anyway, so no scientist spoiders spoiders. Black Hat says, "Hey, we could do." Yeah, we could do retro games. We could do another Mr. Wizard. We could do some reading. Uh, what would you all prefer? What would you prefer? Mm -hmm.
Oh boy. Let's do that. Let me find this here. What happens if I click on this? Uh, shit. I gotta do this technique. Okay. All right, we can get back to some narration here. So let's pick up where we left off. See 99 plus editor suggestions. See how to increase your score. I want none of your bullshit right now. You can just fucking get out of here. We're gonna go to this reading view. No, I think the last time we, uh, the last thing we did was we read uh, the last portion. Uh, the last portion that we read was uh, the terrible lawyer lady uh, got eaten alive in her bathtub. So there's a woman who is experimenting near some crematorium and then there's apparently some terrible thing that we don't really know what that is uh sort of skulking around so <clears throat> let's uh continue with that i am gonna move this here so that you guys can if you wish to visually uh read along as I narrate, but let's go ahead and continue, okay? So here we go, the next chapter is called Without Cream. She was having a hard time controlling herself, so she focused on mundane things while she tried to slow herself down. Do, do, do you want cream? She asked him. Oh, no, thank you. My, what? I got, I got used to drinking it black. I always forget to buy creamer when I go grocery shopping, Ed replied with some sadness to his voice. Don't kill him. Don't kill. Don't do it. Like a mantra, she repeated it in her mind. Not to this nice old man. Uh, what, uh, what, what kind of book is it? He asks with genuine, pleasant interest. It takes her a moment to regain her composure and focus. She stammers a bit with a wah and then catches herself. Oh, uh, the book is about a young black man struggling to find work and raise his family. He's supposed to work at, she waves her hands to search for a word, a steel mill. And I needed to get some descriptions down, see how industrial places like that are laid out. Ed nods as he takes a drink of his coffee. The server stops by and asks if they want anything, to which they both reply that, no, they're, they're good. Uh, in, in one sequence, he makes a mistake and causes a fire, and I thought it would be one of those incinerator-type things or 
Maybe where they melt metal. I think I'd seen something like that when you found me. She forces a near nervous laugh, <laughs> snooping around. Oh, Ed replies, that's exactly what that was. They could use that to dispose of certain materials and then with the filter on the top and make sure that it cleans the smoke of pollutants. She leans forward, suddenly very interested in what the man has to say, and also drinking in the delicious scent of him as he sits across from her. Could you tell me how it works, how to operate it? I mean, we don't actually have to turn it on, but I think it would make for a great detail. Happy to feel useful and interesting, Ed gives her a description of the machine and how it works. She almost breaks her disguise at one point when he looks at her like, aren't you gonna write this down? Taking out a notebook from her purse and a pen, she says, I got so caught up in listening to you one moment, and then quickly writes down what he's told her. And can you tell me, is there anything that the machine wouldn't burn? I mean, if there's some sort of accident, maybe if someone got trapped in there, would it totally burn them to ashes? And seems to consider this a bit gruesome, strange thing to ask, and almost seems hesitant to answer after taking a long sip of his coffee. Well, I suppose since it's a story, yeah, if someone went in there and it was turned on high enough, there wouldn't be much would be left. They'd even melt whatever jewelry or anything on them, just ash and slag. With a broad smile, showing perfectly naturally white teeth, she places her hand on Ed's and says, thank you so much for all of this. And then back to scribbling for a moment, Ed's, I would love to put you in the book's special thanks section for helping me. Ed shifts in a seat, smiling back. I've never been anything like a book before. I'd love to have a copy of it when it's finished. His genuine interest in happiness. She has to catch herself again from violence and pretends to drink more of the coffee. I've probably taken up enough of your time, she says to him, putting the notebook and pen into her purse taking out a crisp $20 bill and laying it across the handwritten check the waitress had lain down on the worn surface of the table. Well, thank you so much for the coffee. It was really nice to share some conversation. I hope the rest of your book goes well, Ed says, talking in her voice. Let me fucking reread that. What the fuck? Well, thank you so much for the coffee. It was really nice to share some conversation. I hope the rest of your book goes well, Ed says, collecting his keys and then sliding himself slowly out of the booth after placing the coffee coffee cup near the center of the table. With long-legged elegance and grace, she exits the booth in one smooth motion, picking up her purse and sunglasses. Putting the sunglasses on, she waits for the elderly man to stand up and then asks him, care to escort a lady to her car with an inviting smile upon expertly glossed lips. The mantra wasn't working. He smelled so good. She couldn't help anymore. Get somewhere out of sight and just give in. Just, just give in. The thought of it made her excited to the point where she could feel her body responding in carnal fashion. Ed held the door for her. Crossing outside, she turned down the lonely evening street towards her car, the old man following after her. She could see where her SUV was parked in a dark spot of the lot, with half-rusted dumpsters providing a visibility screen from prying eyes. Nearer. Kill him, 
Soon. Soon. She hit a key in the vehicle's fob, and with a blip, the doors unlocked. Ed came up behind her to open the driver's seat door. It was really nice meeting you, he said in a friendly voice. Her eyes must have changed. Parts of her had geared up for the moment of death. She made her move and was interrupted by a heavy bang that drew Ed back and off to the side, protecting his would-be killer from an unknown threat. A shambled figure had been rummaging through the dumpster looking for who knows what, rustling awkwardly with a shopping cart that had slammed metal to metal. Hey! Ed shouted, pushing her back, oblivious to her predatory changes. Changes that were rapidly receding as the interruption was enough for her to drive down her bloodlust. Trembling slightly, she stepped back towards the rear of the vehicle, more to be away from Ed than the vagrant who seemed to not even notice the two of them. You can't startle people like that at this hour, Ed was saying sternly towards the shabby figure who began pushing his shopping cart off towards a shrouded alley, footsteps shuffling on the concrete. Ed backed a step away and turned, turned towards her, concern in his voice. I'm sorry about that. Are you okay? He asked her, putting a hand on her shoulder, noticing how she seemed upset and shaken. The moment of hunger pushed away. <clears throat> Pardon me, I got something stuck in my throat. The moment of hunger pushed her the moment of hunger pushed away. It was just from her voice and the slight tremble of her body that would indicate anything of what had almost transpired. I'm okay, I'm okay. I just think I should get back home. Thank you, Ed, for everything, she says, forcing a smile and returning once more to the driver's seat of her Land Rover. Well yeah, it can this isn't this isn't the best part of town. You need to be careful. You never know who's out there, he adds, oblivious to the fact that one of the most dangerous things in that part of town at the moment was standing right next to him. If I come back around, you know, for information or whatever, I'll make sure to hire a bodyguard, she says with flat humor. Ed chuckles, and then after she's in the driver's seat, says, Take care now, and closes the door, stepping back as she starts the vehicle with a commanding purr and then pulls out to the nearby parking lot exit and turns off, driving away into the night. With a rueful smile, Ed realized that he'd never asked her her name. It seemed odd. Had he forgotten to ask? Or forgotten it if she had in fact told him? Scratching his chin a moment, he shrugs and heads towards his own vehicle. Either way, he thought. Nice lady. As she's driving back towards her apartment downtown, she knows now more than ever she has to destroy herself. That was too close. Too close to doing something she thought she could control. The flames awaited. And she wasn't going to keep them waiting long. One more chapter. Pillars of Strength. Mr. and Mrs. Callan felt self-satisfied. It was a beautiful night for a yard party, and they'd raised a fair amount of money. 
for the bullshit charities they pitched to a crowd of people who had more money than they ought to. Sparkling drinks, delicious food, drugs. Green initiatives were what they were sold, but they had spent and polluted and done more damage to the earth with their own business dealings than they could ever hope to redeem. <laughs> if they cared to. Which they didn't. All that money is going right into the family coffers. With an unlit cigar in his mouth, Richard Callan strolled about his expansive backyard, admiring the pool, admiring the pool, hot tub, security lights, cameras, and let out a big old satisfied fart. One of the security guards near the rear gate of the yard made a slight. You know I'm here, right? Sound in his throat. How are things looking tonight, Mr. Pierce? Dick asked him. He liked to be called Dick. Big ol' swingin' Dick. No one could touch him or his wife. Fuck that Rick shit. He was Dick. In your face, Dick. See anyone out there you need to kill? He joked like a supreme asshole. Mr. Pierce touched his walkie-talkie, giving a radio click to the guys inside the estate house. Looks beautiful as always, Mr. Callan, he replied, staying professional and surveying the lot behind the black swaying shapes of the woods beyond. <laughs> Fucking moron, Dick thought, heading back towards the house. It's about time for some Viagra and some fun with Mrs. Callan. Not the hired help clean up the mess, he thought, walking up the stone steps to the large double doors at the back of the house and then on through to his spacious home. The hired help would do whatever they were paid to do, at least marginally, but he liked lording over them, strolling about and giving them all a praising stare, whether it was packaging up leftovers that he ended up throwing in the trash or wiping down countertops or cleaning toilets. On up the broad staircase, taking a moment to flick the nose of a carved of a horse carved at the top of the railing, like he always did. He went over towards the little room where the cameras, alarms, and heavy-duty safe were housed. He didn't say anything to the guard stationed there. The guard just looking at various screens, jotting down something on a clipboard, and hanging on a peg near the simple desk where he sat. Good night, Mr. Callan, the guard said to Dick, zero feeling behind the statement. Douchebag, Dick thought, heading down a long hallway to the master bedroom. Into the room, he closed and locked the door, heading towards the bathroom, where his beloved boner pills sat waiting. Shelly, he calls out, wondering where his wife was. The reply was a moan. Once into the bathroom, he found his wife, a 20-something blonde, pushing her ass back against a dildo stuck to the shower door. Oh, God, we got so much money from those morons, she murmurs, looking back over her shoulder at the broad, punchy body of her old man. The rich get richer, Dick comments, washing down two of the blue pills with the remaining two fingers of booze he had in his glass. Hurry up and get in here, Shelley says, slamming back against the glass door. Don't break the fucking door, Dick scorns, quickly moving to remove his clothes. Who cares? We can buy a million doors, Shelley says, sliding her body off the length of silicone and then opening the door, letting out pleasantly warm steam and inviting in her husband with a bite of her lower lip. That's true, he replies, stepping into slippery warmth in more ways than one. King Dinosaur says, excellent.
The house had gone mostly dark, lit only by hooded security bulbs and little red, blue, and green LEDs from various panels and electronic devices. Mr. Pierce had patrolled the lot for the next several hours, stopping for a cigarette and a conversation about hockey with the other guard assigned to the perimeter, a ruddy-faced guy named Tony. Guy always seemed to have some sort of chip on his shoulder and seemed like he was just waiting for an opportunity to kill someone. It made Mr. Pierce, Mike, uncomfortable. The other thing that had begun to make Mike uncomfortable was his view out the side gate. Normally, it was peaceful looking out across the field and at the woods beyond. But tonight there was a bright full moon and he swore more than once he saw something moving out there. Like the reflection of eyes. He knew what the reflection of an animal's eyes looked like and this wasn't it. Somehow it was different, not that it really mattered unless it was a Tyrannosaurus Rex. There's no way an animal was going to get in here. The Callens had a lot of people who, to put it bluntly, hated them so good. Security made good sense. There was again, though. It gave Mike the creeps. Something briefly flickered out from the woods. He reached down and gave two Mike clicks. A moment later, Veronica, the woman who'd taken over in the security booth, responded, Control, go ahead. There's something out in the woods, he replied, craning his neck to see what it was. Veronica switched to the external cameras, making sure the recording feeds were live, and then using a little joystick to move the camera first over to Mike, then up so she could see the adjoining field in the woods beyond. Nothing on feed, her voice came over the radio. Go straight up from the gate, uh, up to the tree line, then about 10 degrees over to the left. Mike came back to her in the booth. Stillness. Just a breeze and the gaze of the moon. And then he saw it, that flicker of something like a light, like a reflection. He clicked his mic. Veronica saw it on the camera. It was a flash. It momentarily looked like it blocked out the whole camera feed. It might be someone flashing the cameras with a laser or IR. Totally whited the feed for a moment. She added Tony to the conversation. Tony, do you have anything from your side of the property? Any lights? Any movement? No, why? Was the curt response. Stand by, Veronica answers, then continuing to watch Mike in the feed of the camera. He didn't know why he did it, but Mike opened the gate and then closed it behind himself, stepping out into the field. What are you doing? Veronica asks over the radio. It might be just some stupid kid fucking around. I'm going to check it out. You've got me clear on feed. At the first sign of any trouble, hit the red button. Go silent until I click you back, he says. A moment later, the mic just makes a click in acknowledgement. Tony, back check Mike's side of the yard, but stay at your post, Veronica says over the channel to the bull-necked guard, getting a mic click back in response. The grass, weeds, and scrub made shushing sounds against Mike's pants as he traveled cautiously across the field. He had turned his own mic up to maximum gain and crouched just a bit, angling to the right and trying to keep an eye on where the light had been coming from, but making sure to check. No one hiding off to the side of the gate and the weeds or inside the tree line. 
he started to sweat slightly. For some reason, the closer he got to the woods, the more nervous he became. He'd been in combat before, but this was different. Something deep inside him was telling him to run and not take another step towards the darkness of the trees. Yet, he advanced. There was something there. Something that was different than the lines of the trunks and branches, not quite the same shape of bushes and brambles. Slowly, he reached down and unholstered the pistol he had on his belt, holding it low and at the ready, further towards the tree line till he crossed it, being very slow, very quiet, letting his eyes adjust to the next level of darkness where the moon was muted by the leaves above. Whatever the shape was, it didn't seem to notice him as it stayed motionless there, nestled in the foliage. Raising the pistol, a small, ultra-bright flashlight in his other hand, he says, Whoever you are, move very slowly, and then clicks on the flashlight. Veronica watched the camera feeds, seeing Mike crossing the field slowly, carefully, until he disappeared just inside the line of trees. She clicked Tony. Tony clicked back. All quiet. A few moments later, she saw the illumination of Mike's flashlight inside the woods, casting unfriendly and undiscernible shadows. The light stayed steady. No gunshots. No sudden shaking of the light. Nothing that would indicate any movement. A bead of sweat ran down the back of her neck. Everything still. And then Mike's flashlight went off. Stayed off. Veronica Mike clicked him. No response. Tony, something's going on on the east side of the property. Check the side gate, but be careful. I can't reach Mike, but I don't know if it's just a comms problem. She radioed to the other guard. Piece of shit. Tony said back over the radio, and she could see him moving across the interior yard, removing his pistol from his holster. Focusing back on the feed that was pointed towards the woods, she saw something leaving the darkness of the tree line. It's hard to make out who exactly it was in the darkness of the night, as the clouds had rolled in front of the moon, making it pitch black beyond. Tony, someone's approaching. Stay inside the yard, Veronica commands. She wanted to hit the red button, but knew there'd be hell to pay if it ended up being Mike on return. On the screens, she saw Tony walking around the swimming pool, his head checking in both directions in front of him occasionally. The figure that had left the woods continued to cross the field. She still couldn't quite tell if it was Mike or not, so she waited for Tony to get a better visual. Tony kept off to the side, looking at an angle so he wasn't standing in a direct sight line through the gate and into the field and woods beyond. As he reached the wall, he radioed back, I don't see anything, to which Veronica immediately replied, approaching south side of the yard, still moving towards you. Then that flash lit up the camera feed again, and as the flash faded, she heard Tony yell in hysterics over the radio, What the fuck is that? And saw something on the camera that made her scream out loud and hit the red button several times, in a panic. Dick had been sound asleep, his wife's head on the crook of his shoulder when he was wrenched awake by sound and lights. 
In the haze of post-sleep, he took a minute to process what had woken him up. Gunshots and the howling of an alarm. His alarm. Emergency lights had flicked on, the red hue coloring everything in a crimson shade. Beside him, Shelley woke up as well, shot up straight. What's going on? She exclaimed, her eyes wide, staring at the door to their bedroom and turning towards her husband. I don't know, but somebody's hit the alarm button. We need to stay here. The door is reinforced. Just, just, just be quiet. He hiss whispers and then squirms over to the bedside table and unlocks the top drawer with his thumbprint. Inside was a brilliant nickel-plated 1911 with pearl grips. It was a weapon he was familiar with, had history with. He didn't need to check if it was loaded. It was always loaded. He clicks off the safety and retrieves a second magazine, sliding out of the bed and kneeling down on the floor next to it. Come here, get behind me and in the corner, he says to Shelley, who clambers her nude body over and off to the side, back and behind her husband. All the while, there'd been shouts and intermittent gunfire, the sounds of crashing from elsewhere in the house. The police would be on their way. All they had to do was hold out until reinforcements arrived. Then the alarm ceased its klaxon. Then the emergency lights went off. Then all the lights went off, which was a surprise since the diesel generator and concrete shed outside should have kicked in. Shelley was panting from the corner. Dick was sweating naked where he crouched, the pistol aimed at the doors to their bedroom. There was a sound, and a certain feeling of pressure as something pressed against the doors. So Dick fired the pistol in an expert group, directly in a semicircle near the handle, reloaded swiftly. Shelley was making a whimpering, mewling sound where she had puddled into the corner. The flashes of the gunfire were bright in the darkness, the still darkness, where suddenly nothing seemed to move, both of them straining to see the aftermath of Dick's artillery barrage. As their eyes adjusted, they could see that the door was open. Not wide, but open. Whether it was from the gunfire or someone had pushed through it, it was hard to tell. Shelley wanted to say something, but instead all she made was a little sound in her throat, her heart racing and her breath <laughs> coming in rapid pants. Dick licked sweat from his upper lip and kept laser focused on the door. Shelley saw something staring at her with an unearthly gaze from under the bed. A moment before whatever it was, grabbed Dick by the legs and savagely yanked him under it and into the darkness with a yell. The peace of unconsciousness hugged Shelley. Dick cough vomited water and awoke from whatever blow had also delivered him into a temporary darkness. Flailing his arms, gasping for breath, he realized he was out in the yard, his head yanked back out from the cold water of the swimming pool. Whoever it was threw knocked him aside onto the concrete where he sprawled, naked flesh scraping against the rough texture of the cement. Gagging, he brought himself to his knees in the darkness of the yard and tried to look back at whoever had accosted him when a foot kicked him in the ass so hard it made him crack his head on the ground, splitting open his brow and clacking his false teeth together. Unconsciousness threatened him again until a feeling of weightlessness and cold air revived him. 
He'd been lifted off the ground and then set back down on his feet and roughly turned around by the shoulders, a powerful grip keeping him from falling down once more. He looked into the face of a thing. It stared at him with eyes that burned a hatred he couldn't comprehend and a face that was beyond reason, but that he somehow recognized. In the distance, the sirens of emergency vehicles echoed their warning approach. Real pillars of strength, the thing said in a watery voice. Dick spit out more acrid bile and then tried to escape from the thing's grasp, but it shook him steady in place and lifted him painfully off the ground by the flesh of his shoulders. For the love of the community, the thing said again to him like it wanted to spit the words into his soul. Choking, coughing, Dick finally found his voice. It was just... It was just business. No, nothing personal. Blood running down his face and mixing with the puke on his belly and legs. It wasn't possible. This wasn't possible, Dick thought to himself in a stunned haze. Everything is personal, the thing gurgled, and then lifted Dick even higher off the ground, grabbed him between his legs with one arm, turned him upside down, and pile-drove him headfirst down to the concrete, hard enough to crush Dick's skull into a mush and shatter his collarbone and spine, rendering the man a broken mess. When the police arrived soon afterwards, they found Shelley tearing at her hair, sobbing and rocking back and forth over the half of her husband's body that hadn't been reduced and rendered into what looked like dog food and kicked into the pool. Multiple dead bodies, carnage in the house, bullet holes. Whatever bad business Dick had done, it caught up with him. Whether corporation or cartel, someone must have had some serious business with the man. Strangely, the safe in the control room or in their bedroom hadn't been touched. Such are pillars of strength and community. Even they can be shaken to the earth. Black Cat says, I love your narration. Well, thank you so very much. I really appreciate that. Would you like one more chapter, or shall we stop there for the night? First answer wins. Unless I put everybody to sleep. Or they're bored. Or they hate this. Or they have diarrhea. Reverend Master says one more. All right. We'll keep going. High Rise. When Jessica got home, she threw her things on the counter and fought back her inclination to destroy her kitchen. She was as close to actually doing it as she'd been to killing the security guard, Ed, in the parking lot. That would have been curtains for him, a gentle old man whose heart had been broken and was only looking for some kindness in conversation over a cup of coffee. It infuriated her that she knew it would only be a matter of time before she got that close to the edge again. She felt helpless and alone, like she was left on some horrible stage with an audience staring at her, saying, Get off! Disappointed glances. Her apartment, like her, was gorgeous. Meticulous. 
in a high rise of steel and glass and engineered perfection. She imagined someone toiling nights coming up with such a thing of beauty. In a sense, it was, but cold, hard, despite the precise beauty, an awful blight. And that was how she felt as she walked through her kitchen of stainless steel appliances and tasteful art, seductive dim lighting and sleek black electronics, a blight in her own existence. Like her own appearance, the apartment's facade hid the people she'd killed there and kept secret the horrible things she'd done within its walls. Jessica walked barefoot to the windows and looked down at a city that winked and twinkled lights from below, a city riddled with crime, torn by hopelessness. I know that feel. She whispered to the dark angles of the metropolis, her hands flat on the glass. Stepping away from the glass, she went to the bathroom, stripped down, prepared for a shower. Despite her perfume, despite her perfect skin, she felt dirty, filthy, disgusting. The water from the shower wasn't hot enough to remove the feeling, but at least the water would prevent anyone from seeing her cry. The sound of her cell phone ringing in the kitchen broke her melancholy, if only for a moment, and replaced it back with irritation. Squeezing water out of her ink-black fall of hair, she walked naked through her home and looked at the phone's screen, swiped up to take the call. I think we should talk, a familiar voice stated through the speaker. Muscles in her jaw clenched for a moment before she replied, When? It's 1.30 now. How about just after 2? I'll have a drink ready for when you get here, the voice on the other end answered. She didn't bother responding and hung up the phone. Jessica finished up quickly in the bathroom. Makeup to highlight her eyes and lips, earrings that winked and diamond shine to contrast with her black hair. She decided to pull it all back into a sleek ponytail that swayed down the muscles of her back. Tasteful perfume on her naked skin a simple black bra and other tight-fitting blue dress. Looked at her reflection for a moment, a faint frown on her lips. Then she made out for the door, grabbing her purse as she left. She didn't bother to have her car brought out front, instead went to the garage and got into her Land Rover, roaring the vehicle to life and heading out to the club, where she was hoping to get reassuring conversation and not just platitudes. It had rained in the city, the streets wet and looking sinister as she pulled out of the garage. As she drove, she spotted people hustling sex, hustling drugs, hustling whatever they could to survive. She spotted a hunched man near a box of chicken that looked like someone might have shit in it, his ragged hood gaze following her as she turned at a stoplight. It didn't take her long to reach her destination. When she arrived, she stopped out front, got out of the vehicle, and handed her keys to a giant man wearing a black suit. She didn't need to pay for valet service as she was a revered guest of the place and didn't leave a tip. His eyes on her ass as she walked past him was undoubtedly enough. The desk at the front didn't check her bags and just smiled and nodded as she walked through the second set of doors past two dour-looking men standing with their backs to the wall. What she had entered was tasteful chaos. The music wasn't so loud you couldn't hear, but loud enough to hide private conversation. 
The bar was enormous and lit with various LED strips and lighted pucks that shone up through an endless supply of booze. Wine bottles rested in a heavy wooden cabinet with a brother cabinet presenting cigars and cigarettes. Of course, the city didn't allow smoking inside. Yet half the tables had someone smoking one substance or another, the state-of-the-art air circulators drawing up the smoke and preventing the place from looking like an old pool hall. Some people danced. Some people drank. Some people ate. Most of them talked. Some looked like they were having the time of their life. Some looked like they had no life left. Jessica stopped at the bar and flexed her shoulders, her hair brushing against the small of her back as she eyed the bottles on display. A pretty young red-headed bartender recognized her and came over, a supplicating expression on her face. We're out of Ardbeg right now. I'm so sorry, Jessica, she said to her in an apologetic tone. Jessica put her hands in the bar and studied the row of bottles again for a moment. Nothing sounded good. Can you just send a bottle of blended red wine to my table? Jessica asked, knowing that the answer would be, certainly, from the woman who immediately went over to the wine cabinet. Turning, Jessica went to make her way to the far end of the place, where she knew her contact would be waiting. Past shined railings and busy tables, eyes following her, men and women alike, she stopped one of the men carrying around cases and trays and got a pack of cigarettes, and spotted Jason sitting with a blonde woman, the two of them engaging in close proximity conversation. Moving slow, slow, smoothly towards the table, she unwrapped the cigarettes and threw the wrapper on the floor, tapping the box against her hand to pack the tobacco. Opened the box, slid one of the smokes between her lips, and approached them. Can I get a light, or am I interrupting something? She said, eyeing the blonde woman with a gaze that might as well have been broadcast in ethereal letters that spelled, Get the fuck out of here. The blonde woman turned to Jessica and was about to speak before she read Jessica's expression and held her tongue. Oh, oh no, nothing of the sort, Jason replied and then patted the blonde woman's hand. Nothing that can't be finished later, he said, giving his fair-haired guest a signal that she should indeed go anywhere else. Gathering a red clutch, the blonde woman said, I'll see you later, babe to Jason, stood, and then with a smile less than genuine, gave Jessica a dirty look as she slid back from the table and made her way around it. Your haircut sucks, Jessica said to the blonde woman, narrowing her eyes and smiling in predatory fashion. Sensing what was about to happen, Jason interrupts and says, have a drink on me at the bar. She's just having a bad day, to the blonde woman who stormed off in a huff. As Jessica slid into the seat at the table, Jason tried his best to be welcoming. Jessica, the poor thing is no threat to you. Why make trouble? As he held out an ornate silver lighter, flicking a flame to life. Jessica lit her cigarette and inhaled deeply, welcoming, welcoming the menthol burn and the feeling of the smoke. Well, you said it. I'm having a bad day. Jessica replied, focusing her green hazel eyes on Jason's face. Jason had a semi-dark complexion, a perfectly trimmed black goatee and sparkling dark eyes. His hair was tastefully cut and styled, his form clad in a stylish mix of casual and profession, gray fabric that fit his toned shoulders and arms and contrasted with the dark red shirt he wore beneath, the top button undone and showing a gold chain that disappeared below. 
Jessica sat back in the chair and regarded him, tapping one of her long fingers on the tabletop. I can tell that you're off. Is it business? Anything you need that hasn't been provided? He asked. She wanted to roll her eyes. The million-dollar apartment and luxury vehicles and all that bullshit is just fine, she replied, seeing a bit of annoyance on his face as she disparaged the riches she'd been given. It's more a struggle of feeling. I'm not feeling this anymore. His eyes narrowed as he leaned forward, about to speak, but she cut him off. I almost had an incident earlier today in my car in a parking lot. A poor old man, a poor old man that didn't want anything other than conversation, and I, and I, she couldn't find the words, so she took another drag on her cigarette, blowing out a blue cascade of smoke. A man who probably would have thanked you for giving him a final rest, Jason replied, his mouth turning to a saccharine smile. Look, I know it's not the most pleasant thing, but it's a thing you have to do to live to embrace this gift that you've been given. A gift, she thought ruefully, whatever it was, lately didn't feel like a gift. It felt like a curse, she whispered, just on the downside of Audible. What? Jason asked, leaning closer, his hand reaching out to grasp hers on the tabletop. I, she stammered, looking away from him in the back, just, don't know if I can do this, do it anymore. Lately, I just keep thinking about, she said before he interjects. I know it's not easy. I know it can be unpleasant on the surface of it, but definitely don't drive yourself to despair thinking about it too much. It is a hard thing to grasp and think, I am worth more than this person, but you are. What you found yourself a part of is wonderful, glorious. He sensed that she was on the verge of a rebuttal, so he continued. Think about history. The history of the world. Greece. Rome. The Industrial Revolution. Hell, even think, think of Alfred Nobel. Created dynamite, a substance that would alter the world forever. Passage through rock. Mining. Resources. Yes, it ended up being a weapon. People got hurt, got killed. But the price for progress, the price for greatness, is that those who walk on the grand golden side of the world have to make peace with the fact that there is a price to pay. And that price is that people along the way are going to die. But there's no such thing as the world turning without it being a grinding wheel. It's nothing to be happy about. It's nothing to dismiss with a wave of the hand, but... You cannot let yourself be crushed by that same wheel. He took her package of cigarettes, slid one out and lit it, smoking along with her, watching her in the reflection of the lights in her eyes amidst the din of the place. As she considered his words, she wasn't quite sure he was as convincing as he thought he was. The woman from the bar came by and placed a bottle on a table and two glasses. Enjoy! She said simply, sensing their conversation of some import, and then after a brief pause to see if they needed anything else, retreated back through the club. 
Jessica crushed out her cigarette with silver ashtray and lit another, inhaling and then responding to Jason. What? What you're saying makes sense. I just don't know how or what I'm doing is so great to justify... She made a motion with her hand as if to say, you know. Jason poured wine for both of them. Hers first, then his and then swirling the red liquid in the glass, inhaled, drank, and then continued. In large corporations, consider workers don't often have an idea of how much value they provide. And that's what management is for. That's what those on the board analyze. You're part of a team, a network. I'd say family, but that's so often overused to feel like people turn their nose at the word, but it is a family, the clients you entertain, the image you present, even some of those you give rest. All of this contributes to and is part of what we are, what you are. I have many times felt myself having the same trepidations. Almost all of us have at some point in time or another. It's a different kind of stress for a different kind of job. Her sensual lips curled into a bit of a half-smile as she drank some of the wine in her glass. I suppose, she said. They smoked and drank for a bit as they watched the various other patrons in the place. I'm telling you what, Jason said, taking his glass and finishing the rest of the contents, dragging the cigarette and then crushing it in the same ashtray. I'll see if I can get a meeting, a talk with one of the higher-ups. See if we can get you something more substantial in terms of an answer, a goal. Do you think that might help you? That, she realized, did sound like what she needed. Jason, she said with an edge of appreciative allure, that would mean so much to me. She dragged her long black ponytail over her shoulder and leaned closer to him. Attracted to his assurance, his confidence, and she had to add, his handsome face. He smiled back at her and touched her shoulder. All right, then. I'll see what I can do. In the meantime, don't be so hard on yourself, okay? He said and gave her shoulder a bit of a squeeze. So they enjoyed some wine, enjoyed some more smokes, and Jessica felt sitting in the place, calmed down, reassured that the things she had done and might do weren't so bad all in all. Again, thank you, Jessica said to Jason, leaning in close and giving him a kiss on the temple. Keep in touch. We're always here for you, he said, giving her a goodbye smile as she rose from the table. Not one for long goodbye, she went back through the place, looking to finish one last little piece of business before she could rest well that night. The blonde woman was sitting at the bar, talking to a handsome older man. Jessica walked over and behind her and placed a hand on her shoulder and leaned in close to the woman's ear. While the blonde woman reacted in surprise, trying to turn or squirm away or recoil, Jessica's nails dug into her prey's skin, the strength of her arm holding the woman in place. You ever... Give me a dirty look again. You ever do anything other than get on your knees and beg before me, and I'm going to rip that shitty haircut off your head with the scalp included. Understand? 
Jessica hissed in a low, threatening voice tinged with bitter syrup. You stupid fu- The woman began, cut off as Jessica clutched deeper into her skin, crushing her down her seat and knocking her head a bit against the woman's head. Okay, okay, fine, fine. You're, you're crazy. Just leave me alone, the woman adds. The older man had made a move to intercede, but the red-headed bartender put a hand on his and slid him a refill of his drink and mouthed, leave it alone to the man, who immediately understood and instead just sighed as the two women next to him struggled. Just watch yourself, Jessica finished, giving the woman an insulting kiss, devoid of any sort of care into the woman's temple. Releasing her grasp on the blonde woman's shoulder, she strode back through the club, exuding style, sex, class, and power. Eyes averted as she passed, given her sinister smile, she continued through the place and out the front to the valet stand. My car, she said to the man who had taken her keys. Certainly, the man replied and took a key from a locked board near the stand and went to retrieve her car. Once her vehicle purred up next to hers, she bid the man good night and slid into the driver's seat, heading back to her apartment. As she headed down the street, she glanced at the strip clubs and liquor stores, the other creatures of the night conducting business and making their way amongst the wet concrete of the city. Passing by several people huddled, to, huddled together around a dumpster, one of the dark, obscured figures seemed to watch her vehicles as it passed. While waiting for a light, she checked on her rearview mirrors and noticed that the group had gone. It was a small splinter in her mind. Something seemed off. But she was tired and feeling good otherwise, so she pushed it out of her head and went home, where perfect glass and steel greeted her and led to slumber. One more? Are we done? Reverend Master says, time to write up a Vampire the Masquerade campaign. Well, I mean, you might be onto something. Are you sure they're vampires? Don't quite know. You sure she's not the thing? Hmm. Black Cat says, I need to hit the hay. All right, well, let's stop for now. As you can see, there is still some more of this. So uh, we do have a couple chapters left. Uh, I am, by the way, uh, hoping to do some more of that uh, over this Christmas break. We'll see. Um, mine's been a little scattered, so it's been hard to be creative. But thank you so much for allowing to share a piece of my creativity. Hope you enjoyed the narration and that was relaxing and soothing for you. Um, yeah, did a nice long meaty episode today. So that was good. It's a lot of fun. Uh, as always, you know, thanks to everyone that stopped by. Uh, Dr. Perry Falls was here. Krista was here. Black Cat was here. Uh, Wild Bill's here, King Dinosaur is here, Revan Master was here. Um, yeah, a lot of good. Oh, Free Range Rude was here. Thanks so much to her for stopping by. So that's going to do it, as we say at the end of all of our episodes, of course. Stay safe, keep the faith in all of that good shit. We will see you again next week on Monday. That's probably going to be, uh, well, well, we'll talk about it Monday. But uh, we'll see you all on Monday. Get yourself some rest. Bye.